Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast on the Guiding Light. I'm Captain Shane and with me today I have Steve Thorne, a friend of mine. And at the time of this recording, we are actually in the middle of sailing the boat from Tobago to Trinidad, which it's about a 40 mile sail from where we're going. Hello everyone. And that was Steve. And Steve, you want to tell him a little bit about yourself? Uh, well, um, uh, my name is Steve, as uh, Shane said. I live in London. I'm from London, born and brought up in London. Uh, Shane and I met um, a couple of years ago in Mongolia, uh, in Ulaanbaatar, uh, which couldn't possibly be further from the surroundings <laughs> where we are right now, because right now we are surrounded by sea, and we can just see the uh, coast of uh, Trinidad, uh, whereas. Uh, Mongolia is very much a landlocked country. Very much so. <coughs> they, uh, so, how long have you been aboard now, Steve? Uh, I've been aboard. This is this is five and a half weeks. So uh, this weekend, uh, we're, we're in the middle of the week. This this, this weekend will be six weeks. Um, and it's eight going to be total. It's going to be eight weeks. weeks in total. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we have we I picked Steve up in Saint Lucia. We spent roughly a week in St. Lucia and then two weeks in the Grenadines. We actually skipped St. Vincent to be able to spend more time in the Grenadines. Yeah. And then we got to Grenada, did a sail down there, but I had to drop Steve off for a week while I ran a charter. Yeah, I, f I flew into the uh, to the airport at St. Lucia and got a cab from the, uh, the airport is in the um, uh, southeast of the island. I believe, and, 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 and at least the south part. And yeah. we we met in the north, uh, in mm. the northwest yeah. of the island. Uh, so I took a uh, quite interesting taxi journey, and um, and yeah, we met at about uh, what time was it? About six p.m., seven p.m. Yeah, because I think your flight was, was just supposed to come about at three, and you were delayed, down. and yeah. it was an hour drive for you. It's amazing some of these islands how they're so mountainous that I mean it was only what 20 miles or something but it took you an hour hour and a half in the taxi to get yeah I think across yeah. the island I think I think it's about 24 25 miles and it took an hour, an hour and 20 minutes with one 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 very quick stop off for photos um, it was a great cab journey um, very interesting I was, obviously I just just had a nine-hour flight but um, you do realize how mountainous the uh, well, all of all of the Caribbean islands are, but certainly Saint Lucia is definitely mountainous. Um, so, what did uh, you think of our week there? I mean, that was kind of your initiation to boat life. You didn't really have much sailing experience before. Yeah, that, no, right? it was, I mean, it was a great first week. I mean, we didn't actually uh, that that week. It was it was it was more getting used to boat life rather than sailing life because we were we stayed in Saint Lucia. Yeah. Um, um, we didn't have great winds, did we, uh, in St. Lucia? Well, it's hard to say if we had great winds because we were on the leeward side of the island yeah. and the island's so tall that it blocked. But we spent a couple days around Rodney Bay and then we actually did a sail for, I don't know, eight miles or yeah. so with the jib. That, was, was, that was a good little um, a good little opener um, to just sail down with the jib for, you know, for a small amount of time. Yeah. It was a good... Um, I agree. I love it when when we got flat water, decent wind, throw out the jib, you just kind of have fun and just putz along type yeah. of thing. But yeah. what was your favorite part about St. Lucia? Uh, St. Lucia, um, 
I would, I, I would say overall the people, but that, 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 that's by comparison to the whole of the Caribbean, but, the, but just the, the difference in culture and the friendliness of the people was, um, was fantastic. Um, but it is kind of amazing how each of the islands, and we'll talk about some of the other islands, but how each island's only separated by 20 or 30 mm. miles of sea, but each one, the culture and the people, truly are different from the previous one. They do have a general, uh, 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 there is a general stereotype about being friendly and, and Caribbean and very musical, um, but they do have their own uh, culture, their own their own variations, um, and some different music as well, even though they have generally the same music, some of them certainly, you know, Certainly, when we were in Saint Lucia, it was very much the Caribbean uh, music, sort of dance think music. Of. Yeah, um, yeah. We'll um, talk about music when we get to Tobago again, because yeah. I've got some thoughts on that one. That mm. I'm a little disappointed about, but we'll talk about that. But you're right. They, in Saint Lucia, the music was more what you think of yeah. when you think of the yeah. Caribbean. Yeah, I mean, Saint Lucia generally. I mean, it was it was it was very it was so green. Um, uh, which, 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 obviously hot, but it was green and mountainous. Um, yeah, from straight away from getting out of out of the airport, actually. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's take away the people. What one thing you saw or experienced in Saint Lucia is your favorite? I think I know what it is, but I want to see what you say. <laughs> really? <laughs> Um, for me, Salisha uh, <laughs> generally, um, I don't know. Uh, okay. I, I'm intrigued what, you, what you're thinking. <laughs> the one I, the, I think is Steve's most memorable moment, and it was like the third day or something, was the fruit guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we had this guy come up. You want to describe it, or you want me to describe it? Uh, well, I mean, we had the, we we had a fruit and fr fruit fruit and vegetable delivery at um, seven a.m. Um, off the back of the boat. Um, but it was his boat that really did it. I mean, this guy he had a dinghy. Well, he and he had a little lean-to made of palm trees and fronds and had every fruit and vegetable available and he's just chunking them at well, you. I, I, I don't think he could possibly have fit more on onto his little boat. Do you know what I mean, it was as well as fruit, it was a it was a feat, it was like a, a living jigsaw puzzle of fruit, wasn't it? it well it was and I just looked over at you and all you're doing every time I look you've got you what you need is you needed a baseball pit uh, catcher's mix. Yeah. He just yeah. kept chunking fruit at you. Finally he gave you a ball. Yeah, he just put putted up to the uh, his, his little boat was um his little dinghy was um slowly approaching with, with a big smile on his face. Um coming towards us. There, there was no way out of uh, communicating with him and I I think once he threw me, threw me his line and I tied up I realized that we were committed to buying something <laughs> from him um, I, we knew he had fruit and veg but then bef as soon as I tied up he started throwing fruit to me not at me uh, <laughs> to be fair uh, but by all yeah I, uh, but by, by the time by the time I, I tied him up I turned over my shoulder and there was um there was a mango flying towards me we actually i, I believe didn't you already have mangoes 
He said, oh, you can have the mango for free, I think. I can't remember. Or we bought some mangoes from him. Um, and then uh, and then it was just uh, for the next five, five minutes or so, just a, a series of fruits flying through the air that I needed to catch. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, and you dealt with him mostly, but at the end, I gave him one of my boat stickers with guiding light yeah. on it, and, and I thought his reaction to that was pretty cool. Well, yeah, he slapped it straight on his on, on the engine of his uh, dinghy. Yeah, he didn't punch around with that. Yeah, if you if you're in or if anybody is in um, Rodney Bay from now onwards, and you see a, a fruit and veg delivery guy with a very big smile called Gregory with a a guiding light sticker on on the back of it or if you if you see him and he doesn't have a guiding light <laughs> sticker on then you know he hasn't been very loyal to his customers advertising needs um but yeah he slapped he slapped your sticker straight onto the engine and he said now you'll be able to find me um and everyone will be able to know me but um he's been doing that his whole life as i understand uh, delivering fruit and veg to vessels all around the rodney bay area um, and uh, and then yeah, giving us um, candy coconuts. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, candy coconuts. Some I of which I'm, that. That I'm eating good. right now. Yeah, the this is the same stuff. He's so, not. Steve is eating the same type of stuff, not the actual stuff we got yeah. from St. Lucia yeah. seven weeks ago or whatever yeah. it was. But so they take the inside of the coconut and scrape it out and mix it with what I would imagine is a small mountain of brown sugar. Yeah, definitely has brown sugar in it. Um, and he said, he said uh, Gregory said his daughter's made them. Um, and very nice it was too. So let me change gears on you real quick mm -hmm. and we'll come back and talk about some more of the islands we visited and that type of thing. But uh, what did you expect when I first contact you and say, hey Steve, you want to come out and spend, you know, I didn't know how long you wanted to spend, two weeks, two months, mm. whatever, sailing the Caribbean with me. What were your first thoughts and how has Life Aboard been, have your thoughts been correct about what Life Aboard was going to be like and how you were completely off on what it was going to be like? Um, my, my first thoughts when we spoke about it were, the timing is wonderful because I was actually sitting in a a bed and breakfast on a Saturday morning it was absolutely pouring with rain in the UK and I was supposed to be playing golf that weekend which had been completely rained off um, so it was rather depressing uh, the timing was great I, I I didn't plan on coming for I, I didn't plan on anything I had I didn't know how long we were gonna end up and then when I was looking at my dates and what was going on with my life it figured that uh, the kind of I think you'd originally said between April and July and I was busy until until mid-May with various things at home I, I had stuff I needed to take care of and then we um, and then we figured out that between mid-May and mid-July a period of eight weeks uh, exactly um, Sunday to Sunday would work for us so um, yeah I kind of I kind of got got my head around thinking that and in, in truth I, I have friends who'd sailed uh, to, to, to varying degrees of, of sort of skill and length um, so I'd spoken to those th those about it and um, so a lot of the things I expected were realized um, but there are a lot of things you don't expect in terms of um, being on a boat you know being in such close proximity that that, that alone is um, 
uh, is something you need to get your head around when you've been around your own space when you're in a, in a, in a small vessel or even a big vessel it, you know thing, things are not like they are at home the walls can creep in real quick yes. can't they yes <laughs> and 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 it's um and, and it's noisy you know you get used to the noise but there, there's a lot of clunking and there's a lot of you know water slash slapping against the, the you know you know the the boat constantly um well when we're at night when we're anchored up the noise that most people gets most people is sometimes you can hear the chain dragging mm. across the sand yeah and it kind of is a, a metallic screeching sound a lot of people are like what the heck yeah, is it's, that it's, it sounds like the gates of doom <laughs> or you know the gates of hell below you um slowly opening or closing as as you see fit in your, in, in your state of mind but um I think that's something you you do get used to. Um, I'm not saying I wouldn't say you necessarily enjoy it, but you you um, yeah you become almost immune to it. I think. Well, and I would agree with you. I know as a captain, you know I've been on board for nine years now, and and I've got sounds that I hear, and I don't even hear them anymore. You know they just go. Just, but well, if you, there's you, like you one, mean like that massive wave that just crashed against the boat we just heard just yeah, right now. Yeah, didn't hear that at all. <laughs> I'm used to that, but if there there can be one little creak, and if it's not a creak that I've heard before, mm. my brain just instantly is like, "What was that? I need to investigate yeah. that particular sound." So what you become attuned to to a sound you haven't heard because you think that will be danger? Not necessarily danger. You're definitely in tune to your boat and the sounds your boat makes. Just like as individuals, we make sounds. The yeah. boat makes sounds. And there's normal sounds, and then there's the odd sound. And it's the odd sound. It may not be anything unsafe. It could be, could be a dolphin right outside, but it's different. I'm just, and I'm you just, want to investigate and see what it is. I'm keen to know what. I have no. We, I have no we, examples right we, now. We make <laughs> sounds. <laughs> I think we're all aware of all aware of the sounds that a human body can make. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure we need to go into those particular sounds. <laughs> well, the. That, that is a pertinent point as well actually is that you do get used to um, you need to get used to living in in close proximity with other human beings going to um, to know them interestingly the, uh, the the captain Uwe of the of the boat we met last night he was talking about yep. spending time on a boat before he'd set sail just getting used to being around other human beings that he didn't know in it's quite it's quite unnatural it is you know, oh, but, but at the same time you need to and I think you did a good job about it and of course it's my boat so I do it but if you're gonna be on a boat with other people you kind of need to I don't want to say stake out your own area but you need your relaxing space and you love going up to the trampoline mm. and you know I'm more kind of laying in my cabin or working right here type of thing but you know and it's not mad or anything you just go up there and that's where you relax and that type of thing yeah I think let's I call th it your happy space I, th I think I think it's like like anything I mean certainly for me even when I'm at home my favorite place is, is sitting out in my yard in, in at, the, at the end of the patio so I'm very much an outdoor and outside kind of person Obviously, that's in the UK, so it's very much weather dependent. Um, but for me, certainly being on the boat is—I love being outside on the boat. Um, I, I love, 
yeah, even if it's doing nothing, it's enjoying doing nothing, and which actually in itself isn't doing nothing. And sometimes you're thinking, sometimes you're not thinking. Um, oftentimes I'm trying not to overthink about anything. <laughs> um, but certainly if I'm outside, you can have a sense of... It, it, it's, it's very... Um, I wouldn't say it's overwhelming. It's, it, it's very enlightening, but you can realize your significance in the world as a as an entity when you're at sea and outside and you realize how small you are and that that's that isn't that that's a really positive thing it, it sounds like I'm being really negative but it's it's great because you just sort of realize that we're just one small boat and you're one small person on a small boat and how big the world is but then in some and ways you meet others it's a small world yeah yeah and and I'm almost certain I know what your answer is going to be but have you gotten tired of wa waking up in the morning, coming up and seeing the blue water and if we're next to shore, the sandy beach or the green trees or anything like that? I, I, don't, I, don't, think I've, I don't think you'd ever get... get That's, this is kind of my point. I've been on board for nine years now and I still come up and it's like, mm. holy smokes, that is just a yeah. beautiful scene, yeah. you know, just that blue water. And I mean, if you start taking that for granted, then you need to get off the boat because... Yes, that's right. That's right. Um, I mean, some some people it won't. It wouldn't be for them. Um, you j it just depends on where you've come from, and what what it is you want. What it is you want to wake up to. Person personally, I would prefer to wake up to this every day than other things I've woken up to every day in terms of city living and things like that. But you mean like a job? Yeah, well, <laughs> like a job. But uh, but. Um, I, I would say it isn't for everybody, but then time, when you're spending time on the boat, time evens out a lot. Um, things, you learn to, you learn that thing, it's okay for things to take much longer than they used to. And that's, that's how life should mm -hmm. be. Because when you're living in a city or when you're living in a house or, you know, on dry land, we, we're often, um, constrained by time you know you need to be at work at a certain time you need to get dinner you need to pick the kids up you need to take your your, your you know your, your your kids to to sports practice or this or that it, it's very much according to time when you're on the boat mostly you you sleep when you're sleep when you're tired you you eat when you're hungry well uh, you've actually said that sometimes you're like going should we have dinner what time it is well I guess it really doesn't matter yeah. what time it is are we hungry yeah, it, it doesn't matter um, and that's conditioning, which is a very good way, and that's that's boat life because you don't, especially if you are at sea, you don't need a, you really don't. There is a, a watch is the most useless thing <laughs> to you. It's not going to well, do anything we, for you. We have the biggest watch in the world. Well, it goes over yeah, the uh, boat exactly you know, as exactly. the sun crosses the horizon. Um, I think that's an interesting point as well, though, is that. Uh, your, your one one sense of um, of, t of night and day changes um, because the sun goes down. Let's say six thirty-seven. Yeah, this and, time of year. It only changes about one hour yeah. even in the middle of winter. But but you can um, but you can uh, you can start to slow down when it get, get, gets darker, um, and that 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 consequently means that you're possibly not probably possibly more likely to get up earlier in terms of time because the sun comes up and but shines again, right down your yeah, hatch but again it's an irrelevance um, 
So you make more of the, more of your day, more of the daylight during daylight hours, uh, and nighttime is for taking it even more slowly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you've been talking about, you know, how much you've loved being on the boat, but I know that you've had to learn to do without something. There's things in general and, and that type of thing. What boat life? You know, what has it taught you that you can live without and that you don't want to live without? I think there are a lot of things that um, clothes. You don't need as many clothes as you think you need <laughs> for a start. Obviously, that that's not just to keep you warm, um, but you can only wear one set of clothes at a time. And when you are on a boat, you know, unless you're on a super yacht, you're limited as to how much stuff you can have. Um, especially if you were travelling with quite a lot of other people, but um, you don't need as uh, as much stuff as you thought you would need. Um, You'd be surprised, almost everybody that comes on board, whether it's as long as you are or just for a week for chartering, everybody says that same thing, yeah. that they always bring too much clothes. Yeah. yeah. Feeling, uh, you get hot on the boat, um, you can get hot and sticky on the boat, um, so it, it, it's a mixture of, um, you don't quite necessarily always have that beach feel in terms of being sandy. But it's nice to be clean on the boat, and, and uh, taking a shower on the boat is a great thing. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't, I wouldn't like to do without that. Not that <laughs> I'm, you know, fastidiously clean necessarily. Well, actually, I think I am. Um, but um, well, I want to back up real quick, as you're saying. Yes, there are definitely times that we've been hot and sticky on the boat, but at other times you get that trade wind, and yeah. it's you know quite comfortable, quite cool. And it just depends, it all depends on that trade wind. You've yeah. got to have the trade wind blowing through the hatch to keep everything cool. Well, the trade wind, and, and then all, you know, e even if you run into to the, the slightest of storms, as we did uh, an hour ago, there I was sit sitting, you know, just, just by the cabin, um, and a little rain came in, a little wind came in, and suddenly for 10 minutes it was, it was pretty chilly. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, 10 minutes later, it was, it was, dawn baking hot sun again um but that can have a the wind can have a huge difference which which i guess is the key factor in sailing <laughs> well not just sailing but life in the yeah. tropics even if you're ashore that i mean it is beautiful here when that trade wind is mm. blowing the few days that it doesn't blow it is you'd rather be in hades itself because yeah. it just sucks here just a dead heat yeah that you can yeah you can do nothing with and that that really is uncomfortable and it, it it plays horrible tricks on you well it's not tricks it, it really is a a punishment um there's no escaping it um even if you're in the sh shade it's just a dead heat and, and the sun was, was i think we talked about it yesterday just the slightest bit of wind makes all the difference and all then the when difference. the wind goes you really are you start to panic because you're you can feel your, yourself frying yeah um, but the good part is in the tropics that they're called the trade winds for a reason yeah. I mean they blow very consistently mm. I bet uh, you know in a year take out maybe the summer but even if you add the summer I bet there's not more than 20 days a year that the wind is less than 10 knots mm. It has, mm. hasn't been less than 10 knots since you've been here, has yeah, it? Yeah, no, 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 not at all. So, so, can't live without the shower. What else have you learned that you can't live without and you definitely want? And what do you miss from back in London? I think, uh, I, I think it's it's not necessarily um, 
to do with a boat, but it it's some of the things you miss, some of the things you don't. Day to day um, life, you know, uh, um, with with friends that, that that you have, those those are normal things. But as as far as materialistic stuff and things, you become very self-sufficient very quickly and there are things you can do without most things actually I would say most things you can do without you can't do without water you can't do without food or oxygen and other than that it makes you slow down and just realize that there aren't things that you you need there are wants and needs you know it's, it's nice to be able to watch a movie um, and we live in the you know the internet world now, so we are still obsessed with. Hmm. We're more obsessed now with contacting people now that we can than we were when we couldn't contact them. Well, you've kind of experienced this, you know, even ten years ago, five years ago, a good anchorage meant you were protected from the waves. You still had the breeze. You had good holding. Now you want all that, but where's the Wi-Fi? You yeah. want to pull as close to the bar as you can to get Wi-Fi yeah. on the boat. Yeah, know? and and sometimes you, oh, I'll, I'll deal with a little bit of waves and the boat moving as mm. long as it can have Wi-Fi. Yeah, and it's the obsession with, um, and and I, th I, 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 I can't see that changing. But I mean, I, I'm certainly of the generation before where there wasn't the internet, and you you, you got to uh, you, when you would be traveling generally overland you'd get to a place some kind of city wherever it was and that's when you do your do your phone calls or oh goodness me you might you might even write a letter <laughs> uh, um, that's that thing with pen and paper right? yeah 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 wow well I can tell you in my nine years living aboard there are a few things that I I still miss you know I I'm very grateful to be able to live this lifestyle but one of it and then we we talked about this is I can't play soccer here mm. you know where I used to love Fridays yeah. and Saturday or yeah. Sunday nights I played soccer and I every Friday and Saturday or I'm sorry Friday and Sunday I played soccer and I do miss that mm. another thing I miss my library with my you know I had a custom built shelves and built in some artwork and, and books and I just miss that with the fire going and stuff I think, like that. I think that's but the thing isn't it it's because some of it's, it, there are human conditions that become attuned. We do like routine. Yeah, a little but, bit. But we need to choose the routine we have. You know, the routines we don't always like. Are, uh, uh, you know, the routine of, of making sandwiches and sitting in traffic and going to work. But then, but some routine is okay. It's okay. You know, I, I miss regular sports um, with a regular bunch of guys. No, it, it's not. It's not that we talk nonsense, but you just you share. You know, there's, there's a there's a therapeutic uh, calming of of having a bit of fun on a football field, having a a bit of tongue in cheek banter, um, and then just you know having a beer afterwards. And th that is routine, and that's okay. But if you had the opportunity to play football here. If you knew you were going, for example, to Trinidad, and you knew there was a, a pickup game, would you would you go along to it? Uh, yeah, I probably would. I'm not sure I have the right shoes anymore. Yeah. But you know, I would go. Well, I don't think they play with shoes anymore. Well, that could be. Uh, here, and I'm they? okay with that. 
you know, I going barefoot's pretty spectacular. Then you know, that's one thing I. I, have I don't think about. our skin is conditioned. I think I, I see these guys playing, hit, whacking the football. Well, and uh, I think my foot would just be bruised up doing that. But to go to your question, yeah, I would love to play a pickup game, but it's not the same as yeah. being a part of a team and. And you know, I was in a regular league, and I knew my position. You know, on Friday nights I played uh, forward, and on Sunday nights I played goalie. And I knew how the defense was going to react. You know, and you just you get to know the players, uh, your teammates. So pickup games are great, but it's just I, I still it, miss that. I mean, I mean, I think the, the thing you know what we're talking about is, is is friends, and friends will always be there, whether you're at sea or not, and you go back, but. Um, could you live without playing soccer? Well of, well, of course you can because you're alive and you're living. And I've done it so, for nine years now. You know, so you can. Do you miss it? You know, it's fine to miss it. Um, and presumably it will always be there if you wanted to go back to it uh, for a period of time. Yeah. I, I mean, now granted, I'm nine years older than yeah. the last time I played, and well, so who knows if the knees hold else out will as, be well. as well. Yeah. But, you but know, yeah, I, was, I mean, you can. So, anyways. It's not just learning to adapt or necessarily. We'll, we'll, we replace we replace things. You know, we, we're constantly changing, aren't we? Um, if if you're if you're traveling, um, if you're at home, maybe maybe you want that routine. It's it's okay. I mean, for me personally, if I'm traveling, I like to learn new things anyway. I like sure. to expand the mind because. I know that if I don't, even if I am travelling for travelling's sake, which is which is a great reason to travel, um, but it's good to learn something, even if it's not to become a professional or whatever it is you're learning, but to be, you know, to learn a bit of the local language, the food, the culture, or or to to learn to be learning something completely different while you're travelling. You know, to be learning to speak Spanish while you're traveling in Africa or something. <laughs> um, and I, I think those are the things, is that keep keeping your mind alive while you are traveling, um, or while you are sailing as well. You know, I think you, you mentioned it, didn't you? What, what, what did you say the composition of uh, sailing was? 90%? Oh, 90% of sheer boredom followed by 10% of sheer terror. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That one actually comes from, I think, Bob Benchin with uh, Cruising Outpost, right. if I remember. But it's, and it's true. I mean, here we are sitting and we're just, we've been bobbing along at a good clip, too. I mean, yeah. we've been between, what, seven and nine knots, yeah. but it's been real relaxing. And we could have a thunderstorm come in just like that. And also, we'd be running around trying to take care of stuff. But it's learning to, um, it's learning for that period of time, that three, four hours that we've been here now at sea. I, I don't I don't know but I think if I was sitting in my living room I mean if you were just watching the TV you'd get bored you might be watching a different program but for the last four hours depending on your on one's mindset we you know sort of one person could say well all I've done is seen a load of sea for the last four hours I haven't been bored for the last four hours At because all. the sands of time seem to flow more quickly when you're a slower pace. You're at a slower pace, but yet you don't seem to feel bored, or the or, or feel the need to fill time. You, there is just a, a slower a slower pace. Does that make sense? It does. I would just uh, 
a calmness, a peace yeah. in your heart type yeah. of thing. Yeah. You know, not to get too poetic with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, so what what uh, and I think tasks as well. I mean, carrying out tasks. You don't need to rush. There, there isn't a necessity to have something finished by a certain amount of time. So, well, I, I most think you, of the time. Well, I think you mentioned. Well, I, I mean, on a general, in a personal scale, not necessarily sort of. You know, there are constraints about you know when you anchor and things like that. But I think you know things take as long as they take, um, and that's okay. Uh, well, one thing people when they first start sailing they don't realize is the boat's moving at let's say five to seven knots. It sounds fast, it looks fast, but the reality is it's going to take an hour to go five to seven miles. Mm. You know, break that down, let's just say six knots or six miles. One mile every ten minutes. Yeah. I mean, so you're, oh, the anchorage is a mile away, we got to go, go, go. You've got ten minutes to get ready. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of yeah. time to take care of what you need to take care yeah. of. You know, and the other part, people are, you know, especially when they're motoring, we got a full blast and they're driving, they're like, oh, what do I do? What do, I do? I'm like, if you're scared, just back the throttles down. You yeah. know, slow down yeah. and just take it easy. It's okay. Yeah. yeah, I think it's, I, I think it's a lesson in mindfulness, actually. Just, just, what am I doing? What do I need to do? What's going on around me? It could also be a metaphor for life. You know, just pull the throttles back yeah. and slow down, you know? Yeah. Life back in America, and I'm sure in yeah. the UK is the same. Sometimes it's just way too hectic for people, and they just need to quote unquote back down on the throttles and slow down. Well, yeah, but I mean, you've also touched on the point of it takes 10 minutes to travel one mile. If you're sitting in traffic, sometimes it takes a lot longer to travel well, that, one mile. So yeah. it says the it's kind of the opposite, and, and people get infuriated with that. Yeah. Um, what would you rather do? Take 10 minutes to, to travel a mile. On a sailboat. Uh, on, on, on a sailboat, or half an hour to travel half a mile and, you know, or, or almost commit a murder. <laughs> uh, and you don't have a lot of road rage out here on the sea, do you? No, no, not a lot of sea rage. Um, I think everyone, I think there is a certain, I wouldn't say elitism, but everyone's got their, it's a, from the people I've met, there's a lot of idiosyncrasies about um, uh, yachts people, um, hmm. how they do things, how other people do things. There is a, a sharing of information and then a, a, an a personal affirmation that, you, that you're happy with the way you do things. Um, but sometimes people pick, pick some tips up from other people, but uh, I guess like anything, they, they, they pick up advice and they put things away, but there is a, a certain, oh, that's how you do it. There, it you're absolutely right. There is definitely a more of a community when it comes to the yachts and, and sailing and people do share the information more readily and you pick up information and that type of thing. And I just I think in general, just like you mentioned last night, we went to a boat, we went over to this guy's boat, it's another catamaran and he's German and he had a bunch of young German people that were paying their way and, and they're just sailing around the Caribbean and we went over for dinner and yeah. I mean we met them like one time they called us on the radio and asked us to take some photos of them yeah. as they were sailing and that's all you need at sea and all of a sudden you're on each other's boats yes. having dinner for what were you over there three hours and, and, and yes and it certainly wasn't superficial either I mean 
I, I was going to say I was just about to say we weren't we weren't extolling the merits of life, but we kind of got there in the end. Like mm. uh, t talking generally, I mean that was. But that then was you live on land, and your next yeah. door neighbor, you can go five years without yeah. learning his yeah. name. Yes, I mean yes. So, and I've had people do it to me where they've come up to the boat and introduce themselves, and even in I. There's been times I've been like, I'm bored, and I just go up to another boat. Hi, I'm Shane, you know, and all of a sudden you spending a week with them. Yeah. And, and hanging out and that type of thing. I think that's the thing, it, it, it's it, for you, because, it, I mean, it's it's not a holiday, but there is a, it's great, because there is a common denominator of being at sea that everybody can plug into, and then all the strands of life and living and your upbringing and where, how you arrived at this point, they're all going to be brought to the fore of the conversation but ultimately everybody it's a bit like going on a skiing holiday so everybody can say oh it's it's been really rough today the sea or you, you, know. can, you can straight away go in there everybody has a shared, shared experience whether they're on a 50 million super yacht or a, or a two-man dinghy um, everybody's it ha, has experienced that that weather or or, 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 or that, that 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 sort of area that you're in you're anchored in well, I thought it was funny last night, and we're talking, me as an American, and Uber, which was a captain of the other boat, is German. So we're talking very different um, lifestyles and personalities and everything. But we both were like, we don't want to talk politics. We don't want to hear about politics. That's way over there across the sea. Who cares type of thing. Yeah. And he had the exact same attitude. He's like, you know, that's over in Germany. Let them deal with it. I'm here in the Caribbean. Yeah. And you know, so like have, you said, having said that, I mean, you do say that, but people still do have an opinion. Well, e sure. Even if I it's mean, not, every, yeah, even if it's even if it's an opinion of not wanting politics, you know, which is a good thing. You know, it can of, of be. I mean, at the same thing. time, I'm probably missing out on some things, but I'm okay with that. You know, and it is what it is. But well, I suppose I mean to miss out on something, you're you know, you lose one thing, you gain you gain another. That's how it is, isn't it? Yeah, I've. I think being at sea, what it really you gain is freedom. You, yeah. You know, do within limits. You do what you want. You go where you want, and that type of thing, and, and you just figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's the thing, isn't it? Having a not necessarily having a destination, um, but uh, so enjoying the journey. Yeah. So before we wrap up here, are there any? necessary evils or guilty pleasures that you can think about when you're on a boat you know things you have to do or things that you you know, you love doing and I, th I think um, I, I wouldn't say it's a guilty pleasure I mean I, I the one thing I do enjoy a lot is uh, that you can't have it see is is I enjoy uh, running or sports a bit like you said about football mm swimming obviously you can swim if you're anchored um, mm. although I do get worried about having having a boat go over <laughs> my head <laughs> some of those anchorages with the jet skis will just scare yeah. the snot out of you um, I, so I, I I do miss being able to leave the front door and just walk and and go to the shop for the sake of it just to have to clear my head or go to the park no um, not that it's a chore but if you are anchored, because it, I would probably prefer to be anchored than moored at a, a, a communal mooring more often, but um, you can't just leave the boat, you're gonna have to get the dinghy, uh, then you go to fellow 
crew. Um, so I, I, I miss it, it, it. So in some ways, being at sea gives you so, so much freedom, but the independence of just closing the door behind you, knowing that your house is going to. Uh, I kind of miss that. Just putting on a pair of trainers and not quite knowing where you're going. I hear you, and I'm going to change just a little bit because I've had people on board, and it's something in the very same venue, but quite different at the same time. They, you know, I'm like, so what would you like to have for dinner or to eat this week? And they're like, going, oh, don't worry, we'll just figure it out each day and we'll go to the store. Which you can do back in shore, you know, you go to the store, you pick up what you want yeah, for that right. day. You know, on a boat, store could be, you yes. know, three hours away yeah. Or, yeah. or, you know, because you got to get in the dinghy, you got to go, you got to walk, you know, all this. And, and you really do have to plan a little more and have food yeah, already on board. Yes, and you do have to plan. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not a, an over, a burdening chore, but I, I guess that's the thing, is that I'm very much aware that you can't just yeah. scoot out and uh, off you go. And, and if you do forget something, you've, you've forgotten it. You know, you're not going to get it for the next day. You know, if, if, it, if it's 10 p.m., you, you can't just go to your convenience store at the end of, you know, there isn't a 7-Eleven at the end of the road. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a fruit guy. But well, I was going to say, there's a fruit guy at 7 a.m., but... Uh, but... Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, um, I think we covered a wide variety of subjects yes. about living aboard. Any thoughts you have before we close off? Uh, my thoughts are uh, very much of... Right, right now, I'm very much um, uh, excited. To, the, the great thing about being on, on board is... is, is um, being excited for the next thing and the next thing and the next thing um, you never stop being excited of the Philistine might say it's the same thing but it's not the same thing it's a it's a new thing every day uh, and you've got to keep moving I completely agree I've been in a good way I've been accused of always finding something good where we go and, and I just everywhere you go there's got to be something there that's worthy and right now we're looking forward to seeing Trinidad, even though we love Tobago. We've got Trinidad dead ahead of us, growing bigger in the uh, window here. And after that, you get to experience four to five days of blue water sailing as we sail from Trinidad up to Puerto Rico. Yeah. And, and then after that, you get Puerto Rico. There we go. Life isn't so bad. Yeah, it sounds pretty good. So. Everyone, this is Captain Shane. I'm going to say goodbye aboard the Guiding Light. I would love to hear comments about this podcast itself and, and any blogs that you read of mine. And if you have a subject you would like me to discuss on a podcast, please send me an email and let me know because I would love to help fulfill and answer any questions or anything like that. With that said, I'm going to say fair winds and following seas.